Welcome to another episode of the Rockfit Files. I'm Rocky Snyder, and you know, we've made it through COVID. I can't believe it. It's been over a year. Masks, where, wherever we are with masks right now, hopefully things are, are lifting in your neck of the woods. And, and in the central coast of California, things are getting more and more open. And it's interesting because, unfortunately, in the state of California, essential businesses were like donut shops, medicinal marijuana dispensaries, liquor stores, um, clothing stores, but one that wasn't considered essential was the fitness studios, the gyms, the health clubs, and of course, the personal training studios, where you gain your immunity, where you build and boost things. And uh, But we just rode the wave. We, we, we grinned and bared it, and we found ways to get through it. And with me on today's show is another one of, our, I will say, the COVID survivors when it comes to fitness studio business owners, and that is Johan Francis. He is also a certified strength conditioning specialist with the NSCA, and he's right in the heart of Silicon Valley in downtown San Jose. And he and his girlfriend have a fantastic studio that if you're in that area, you're commuting over the hill or whatever, and you want to work out, Johan's the guy to see. So, Johan, welcome to the show. Rocky, like you said, yeah, in the heart of Silicon Valley, and yes, I am a COVID survivor, my friend. Amazing. So, let's just get right to that. You know, you how did you survive? Because I know it was, it was the Tuesday just before St. Patty's Day, and everyone was starting to freak out, and we were getting word that you're going to have to close down, doors are going to be shut and locked tomorrow. What happened? So, I mean, it was uh, the day and night. One day we're open and firing away the next day. Oh, man, the boat's capsized. What do you do? You know, so what do you do? You got to get your life life fest on real quick you gotta call in those extra favors you gotta remind people because it is really a shame like you mentioned that we are not considered or weren't essential because we this is not even just physically but the cross-section between physical and how you feel we're amongst the more essential you know what i mean and we're right next to the healthcare providers. We're second, second, second responders, if you will. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, and reminding my faithfuls of that fact, and then instituting some rules was how I got through the the COVID thing. Distancing rules, reminding people that you know, spraying everything down. You know, that's how I got through the COVID thing. But, um, you know, it is a um. Being in the middle of Silicon Valley here, people definitely had their arm twisted really quickly. It really responded to that that uh, order. Now, you responded in a completely different direction than most business owners that I am in touch with, whereas everyone is kind of shrinking their footprint down, trying to find maybe smaller spaces to reduce the overhead because of the uncertainty of where this world is going right now, you went and instead of, of shrinking, you, you grew. You actually moved into a new location, a new studio, and you essentially like doubled or tripled your size. What, what are you thinking, first of all? And, and is it working? Um, that's a great question. It is on the way. What was I thinking? I was thinking what we were doing before was one way. We had to we had to make sure 
to reach more people, all right? And COVID was an opportunity to reevaluate everything. The way the gym life is, what the priority is, if, you know, Rocky, uh, people now get to see, they took a little introspective look on why they go to the gym, okay? Good point. Yeah, I think they, they had they had to. They had that extra time, right? So people got to see why do I need to go? What do I need to go for? Um, and you know what I think it's done? It's put a premium on good coaches and kind of left the part-timers. That showed them where the door is for the most part. That's what I think. And I think that we pretty much, and I don't want to take too much credit. I will say it was probably not conventional, but we just doubled down in that direction. We're experts. We've been in the field for me, 18 years, Danielle, 13. And I know that you, you trump both of us, but, um, you know, we're experts. We need to reach more people with that. We're not part-timers. We're going to be here for the long haul. So uh, maybe not the best timing in the world, but hopefully that'll prove to happen, you know, as COVID uh, peters out. Yeah, so reaching more people, obviously having a larger facility to accommodate more people locally, but what other ways are you, are you doing that? Like from a, from a fitness business owning perspective, how do you look to reach more people? I think that my one way is with nutrition and another way is with workshops. I've done a lot of free seminars. So I've done free seminars on the website, coachjohancscs.com. They're posted there. I've sent out free PDFs to a lot of my prospects, trainees, potentials. And I really took that time, Rocky and COVID, to like consolidate my stuff. I really boiled down that nutrition. What am I telling people? Does it always match up? And what do they need to hear? What are they hearing too much of? And I made a bunch of PDFs. I made a ton of PDFs. I was on, what do you call it? Um, the uh, Microsoft, uh, the, the slide one, uh, PowerPoint. Yeah, PowerPoint. Yes, thanks. All the, man, oh man, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Making PDFs and sending them out, putting them on the website, coachyohancsds.com, about nutrition, how to read a food label. I distilled it all so that my messaging matches. And I hope that on top of doing some SEO, that more people are going to see that and stay, use me as, a, as, a, as an authority in that regard. So that's one way. And then on top of it, honestly, on that website, you'll see it, uh, coachyohancscs.com, is you'll see like I did live events. So I sat and I recorded about binge eating one. I did another one about how to motivate. I did a motivational interview live, which is hard to do, but I tried. And I, and I promoted it on Eventbrite as much as I could. And you know, I think it went good. It's, it's on YouTube on under coach Johan at YouTube and you can see it. And it was, it was awesome. Um, that's so those are two ways. And I, again, I had to dig deep during COVID to, to figure out, to distill my messaging, to make it match, to not overshoot my mark, you know, to just, yeah. 
yeah, because we don't want to overshoot the mark. We want to be right on point with the messaging. I think people oh, appreciate yeah. that. You know? Developing content, it seems to be something that you and I both did a lot of, and, and not necessarily because we had a lot oh. of downtime, but because the downtime that we did have, we put to use the best way that we could. And whether it's disseminating a whole bunch of information, boiling it down into its it, essence and from the sounds of what you did uh, or was it creating live online workouts for the for the free for the public through facebook live or other places i mean we were doing kids pe classes because kids weren't being able to go to school and so that started flooding into the school systems which was nice or or just doing any at-home workouts with anything you had around the living room or the kitchen you know we just got creative and it sounds like your creative juices are flowing uh, especially in the field of nutrition because that's you know being a spartan uh, an alum of the san jose state university there you studied nutrition in depth and and it sounds like you've really kind of narrowed your message down to something that is excuse the pun but it's palatable you know it's digestible so to speak so what what is your message when it comes to nutrition i know there's probably many different levels to it but give me a sense of like the elevator speech of nutrition so i don't go so one thing that i say right away is intermittent fasting I'm not just going to throw it out, throw out the baby with the bathwater. I'm going to go ahead and just help people understand what that is. I will, I have many resources on that website and show the best way to do an intermittent fast. Intermittent fast might be the only type of diet adjacent thing that I will ever promote. That's a diet. <laughs> so that's the first way other, if it's a diet, I, I, yeah, I, I kind of backpedal away from it, <laughs> sure. but that's, that's, that's direct, right? It's, it's direct. I know people are going to want to try it. I know a lot of people that I train like, oh, I got a fast. I go, all right, look, I'm not going to win the war, but let's try this battle. I'm going to, let's go through it. So I have that directly right there um, on the website. So tell, let's let's talk about intermittent fasting. I mean, that's that's a good topic, and it's yeah. something that, like you say, it's become very commonplace, or at least gaining more and more popularity. And yeah, it there's some sense to it because this is the first time in human history that we've been able to mass manufacture food. We don't have to worry about what season it is, when are the when are the animals going to be migrating through our way, or we don't even have to follow them nomadically on the on the plains or anything else. We have a surplus of nutrients or food, lack of nutrients, however you want to look at it, coming our way. So it would make sense that our ancestors just naturally did intermittent fasting and they didn't put it on a timesheet or a, a spreadsheet and had it be something that was, that was uh, very structured. It was something that if there wasn't food around, you didn't eat. So how do you how do you get your head around the intermittent fasting? How do you, how do you explain it to people? And, and yeah, how do you go from there? Interesting. I have two types. I want to know if you're going to starve in the morning or fast in the morning or in the evening. And then what I'll do is I really try to get to the nucleus. So are we going to fast? Meaning we're not going to eat, but maybe we can take in a little bit of fiber. Fiber is not calories. We could drink uh, uh, 
the wheat grass. So I've done a type of, I don't fast myself, you know, but if I were to suggest what we can do, well, that's one way, keeps us going. Then let's say we're doing a morning. We're not gonna, we're gonna eat later on. Well, that first meal, ironically, it would be called a, a breakfast. It's not, because it's gonna be at like three o'clock, right? Uh, uh, how are you gonna break the fast? So that's what I would go into. Um, that's a resource there on coachyohancscs.com. And it, I break down like, here's, we're gonna have our workout at two o'clock or maybe it's five. Here's how we're gonna break that fast. What are our macros gonna look like? This is the calorie count that I want us to hit, even though we're gonna miss, you know, eight hours in the morning. We're still gonna hit this calorie count by the end of the day. Here's the best way to do it. And I offer uh, three options for those calories based on your, your stature, basically. And then if we're going to, on the converse side, um, eat in the morning and then do the full 16 hour, which by the way, this is called a 16 eight. You're going to go ahead and eat in the morning. That last meal has got to sustain, right? So I think what I did was stagger that last meal over on the website. You're going to see that I really put specific, I gave a, a menu of foods that people will want to eat, right? And I gave them the option and I explained why. So it's not so much eat this, that, and this, it's, it's why. And that's called a, uh, like a substitution, food substitution list, um, which is a way that people will accept different types of eating into their lives rather than being told exactly what to eat. Cause that could actually lead to more food barriers if you're explaining exactly what to eat. But yeah, so those are the two types that I would handle a 16-8 fast. That's interesting. Cause you, you brought up something else and that being the, ever-present compliant client. When it comes to training people, whether we're talking about movement outside of the workouts that they come in and do guided with a trainer, or if it is the food that they eat, I mean, there's 168 hours in a week and people come in and see us maybe two or three out of the 168. So it's not like we have a lot of opportunity to really create a lot of change so how do you kind of help people become the compliant client and encourage them to stay on these programs that may, for some, appear a little bit too intense or too structured? How does that work? Right. You know, we're human. And so just bar none, just meeting a lot <laughs> helps, you know, like meeting and texting. <laughs> That's like anyone can do that, you know? So if you get a chance to say, hey, we're going to schedule these next four and make it real easy, like Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, same time, I'll text you after. That's one way. But um, then you might want to take it a step beyond that because not everybody is going to be that kind of simplistic about it. A step further than that, we got to just teach global habits. Yeah, we're teaching habits. And we're looking for change markers in their behavior to change those habits going forward. So if you have a tendency and we do the interview and I can see the tendency, it's about getting that cognition behind the tendency so that we could change the behavior. So it's like, oh man, I get home, I'm real tired. You know, I haven't eaten. 
what's going to happen with most folks is I'll look over there, talk to them. Be like, yo, you do this a lot. You do this a lot. Did you know that? No, maybe you didn't. Well, you do. And here's what it looks like. Well, now they have a feeling to attach to their behavior and then we can get something tangible and then we can shift. And it ain't easy. It's not like they're shifting. We don't like <laughs> to do that, <laughs> but it's a nice foothold. I got to say this last year, especially, I mean, there's been a f- underlying theme for a very long time, but it didn't become so apparent as it did with this year with COVID. And that is the theme of awareness. And it's what you're talking about. And whether it's the, the I think for many of us, we were just going through the motions of every day and, and, and getting the good changes we wanted to, but it became almost just automatic. And then suddenly our world changed or got shook and that brought some awareness well awareness for you and i in what we're doing with our business and awareness of where we want to go but also for the people that come in and utilize your services and mine bringing an awareness to them as to what they're putting in their body and how they're moving and how they could move and how that they didn't necessarily have to be dependent upon one specific location so I mean, what you're saying is you really are bringing awareness to every client in many different facets of their life. Would you say that's right? hundred percent. A hundred percent. So much of it is awareness. And you're right. We were going through the motions a lot of the time. Go to work, sit in the traffic, get to work, be bored, meeting, eat, home, day after day after day. A lot of my people, I'm sure you can relate they do it. We, I mean, we're not above anybody as coaches. We do it. And yeah, you're right. It's been a big awakening to, to the habits that we've been making. And, and yeah, so a lot of what I do is bringing awareness because it just isn't there on the daily. Um, it isn't. I think our society kind of promotes that to some degree. And I think part of what we do is, is like break that down. You know, it's 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 like this rapture to get people to realize the habits. Yeah. Now, you, your clients, I, I imagine your clients range in age and abilities, and I'm sure you've got some that are on the athletic spectrum, whether or not they're the, the professional or recreational, but they're athletic. And then you've got others that are pursuing maybe movement and thinking about exercise, perhaps for the first time. I mean, what's... What is the spectrum of the people that you see? And, and where do you find, although everyone is important and I don't want to discount anybody on that spectrum, what are the ones that are your like pet projects or the people that you endear more than the others? And, and that's not to take it again away from anybody else, but is there, is there a population that you really want to address? Population. Okay, so my pet, the people, the pet projects are definitely those people who are like, like here's athletic superstardom, and then they're like right here, and they're pushing that that ceiling. So those are the, those are the pet projects. Um, target population, hmm. the folks who have, I don't want to say a chip on the shoulder because it sounds maybe a little bit too aggressive, but I mean people who have a little, hmm, little fire under the butt under the ass, once you want to get it into gear, not just in the gym, 
but outside and achieving physically, right, is their way to do it. I relate really well with those folks. And that isn't to discount everyone else because I got people who are in their 60s. My oldest trainees are in their 60s and they're great friends actually. Um, I have a bunch in my in their 50s. I recently had more, I guess, millennials than I've ever had before. Come Why in. is that? Why do you think that is? Because they have a lot of money and they're really stressed out, my friend, because they have a heavy workload <laughs> and it's happening. You know, you're in Santa Cruz. So I'm in San Jose, my friend. Oh, man. They are young and stressed. <laughs> and I, I know you hear them I, or get them to come over the hill there. I'm sure that, you know. But well, we, do. We, <laughs> we encourage them to not stay very long. <laughs> it's peaceful. Yeah. You get it out through boxing. I know you've got a history within a boxing gym and some of your mentors or coaches, people that you look up to really are into boxing. Tell me a little bit about that. Is that part of your regimen there? Do you incorporate a lot of that multi-directional movement, a lot of fast action? Is this how you get those people kind of amped up? Boxing is to me with some of the best athletes on the planet. I would go so far as to say they're the best. And that's why. Because they don't need the, um, you know, the story about the old school boxers and the old school fighter people, martial artists. They didn't use weights. No. They didn't have to. And so they used their body. And their body was their weapon and their, their machine. And keeping that off the mind. Look, one of the best athletes I ever met and one of my mentors is a judo Olympian. And... He was strong as a as a as all hell. He's just using his body weight to do all this great stuff. And you know what he was great at too? Pilates. And he was a really strong ripped guy. And that's probably why I went and got a Pilates cert myself a couple years back with yeah. um, Apple. Mm -hmm. So I did that to learn more and more about my body, um, and not just bang away with the weights. He used to do that for years. But, you know, so boxing has influenced me in that way. And again, it's all about the motivation and perspiration to me. So I, I can't, I eat that stuff up. <laughs> ah, that's so good. And I, and I imagine all ages of your clients, your trainees, as you say, are the 50s and 60 year olds. There's, hey, oh, put that aside for a second. There is this, and it's going to sound completely sexist, and it's not meant to. It's just from years of experience that women are very angry compared to men. When you put boxing gloves on a female client, they, it brings out this tigress compared to putting on gloves on a guy the same age, same occupation, everything else. I, I don't know. Do you find that, or is, am I just kind of looking and saying, uh, yeah? Oh, man, I don't know if you ever want to step on this one. <laughs> Go ahead. I just honestly, every time I bring out the kickboxing bag or the target mitts, I get my ass kicked by all the female clients I do that with. And with the guys, I don't know if they're just looking at me and you're like, I don't want to hit a hobbit. That would be looking bad because I'm so bigger than he is. I don't know. <laughs> no, I definitely feel what you're saying. Yeah. Because, um, uh, yeah, some of you wouldn't expect and they go in and you're like, oh, or, or they act really demure at first. Mm. Like, oh, a heavy bag, what am I doing with this? And you're like, hit it really hard. And then it's like, bang, bang, you know? 
And then it's on. Yeah, then it's on. All right, let's 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 switch back. I, I'm not going to edit that out, by the way. I'm just going to leave it right where it is, and I'll just get a whole bunch of feedback, whatever. Uh, I, I've got a thick enough hide, I think. I, let's talk back about nutrition, though. I mean, obviously, we, we are on the edge of the salad bowl of the world, right? We've got the Great Valley, the Big Valley, giving us a whole bunch of really nice, fresh, whole foods. Obviously, that's going to be a big part of your program with nutrition. But what else? I mean, what, aside from the things I would say that are common knowledge, such as eat whole organic foods, what else are you promoting? I think that's important, though, to eat organic and locally grown stuff. You know, it is important a lot. It's important for a lot of reasons. Um, it's important for us to get education out about organic food so that people understand organic doesn't necessarily mean what maybe we think it is. Um, that's one hill I'm willing to die on. I don't want people to understand. Um, that's, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, now, do you ever I take do, your clients over to farmer's markets? Do you ever go for like, field, like you were saying, you do workshops and, and seminars. Do you ever do field trips? Of course, with COVID, it's a little bit, a little bit harder to do that. But do you ever take your clients to a farmer's market and just say, hey, here's, here's your choices right here? Dude, you're thinking you got it. That's the business right there. That's what, that's what all of us should be doing, either there or the uh, supermarket. You're totally right, Rocky. Yeah, it is. You know what? I'm going to mark it down for 2021. That's something that I got to do because that's where it starts. And, you know, yeah. I would go to the, uh, like, Whole Foods, somewhere organic, somewhere natural, um, somewhere where the processed food is at a low. I would definitely encourage the local. But, yeah, man, you're on it. Got to yeah. go. Got to do the field trip. 100%. The cool thing with Whole Foods, you can just send your clients over there and they actually have educational tours by their staff members that will do it for you. So, you know, creating a strategic partnership with Whole Foods in your area wouldn't be bad. But I, I know that San Jose has some really great farmers markets, just like Santa Cruz. There's almost one every day. I think Monday is the Monday and Tuesday potentially would be the only days where I don't know of a, a farmers market in this region. But there's there's so much, so much great uh, it, it just great resources at our fingertips here on the Central Valley and the Central Coast. And um, when it comes to when it comes to training your clients, I mean the the traditional trainer is going to give the person a workout, and they're going to get a great sweat. They're going to feel fantastic, and then they're going to come back for another workout. But what else do you provide the client? Do you, do you give them homework to do? Do you give them kind of like uh, something dealing with the psychology of their life of why do you keep repeating the same decision-making process over and over and ending up getting into the same place? What is it that you need to change? I mean, because it's, it's not just how much you put, you lift up and put down. And we can count to 10 all day long. We've done that for years and years. And you're probably doing it in a couple of different world languages. But really, uh, if that's all we're doing, we're really not going to initiate much change. So how do you Im imbue, how do you bring in change to your clients? Change has to be uh, behavior. It has to be tracking that behavior. But you know what? 
I've drone on and on about the science. And I do it. People tune me out sometimes, a lot of the time. But you know what? They ask me the next time. Or I get really surprised to hear, hey, man, I really like the science behind this. And I'm like, all right. And you know why? Because it's there. You're doing freaking anything in the gym. There is energy systems behind it. There's mechanics behind it. And you can improve. If you do those things, you get better. If you get better, you feel great. You so, see behavior tracking, tracking your behavior. How, how do you go about doing that? So inside the gym, I will ask a lot of questions and I'll get right to the heart of what we're doing. You got to think that when people come in the door, there's a reason. I always think, why can't this person do this on their own? I'm always also thinking, let's get them to the stage where they can. Me, being you know, a former athlete and everything like that, I'm framing it in the context of a competition. So I'm always thinking like, how can I get this person close to competition? Whatever that end date is or that trajectory ch change date might be. Try to get them there. And so I gotta ask a ton of questions, wondering why are you in here again? Why didn't we do this? And it gives me kind of a trail marker for their behaviors. And then I'll call people out in a great way. I'm trying to, I'm nice, but I'll call people out on the things where we're not linking them together. And if you don't show up for a while, you hit that snag. I kind of know in the back of my mind, they're repeating a behavior pattern here and they're not telling me about it. So I kind of keep a mental note of that too. And all of that, I just still, I say all that to say, and I say this regularly, is just get through that door so then we can challenge. Because in my heart of hearts, I do believe that if you keep showing up, and there are some go-hards and die-hards, if you keep showing up, you're going to get to that place where there are no more barriers. And if that means we're not training together and I'm losing money, oh well but you've hit a level of expertise of yourself, of your body. So that, man, that motivates people. It's a, it's a belief in your ability to change and it's a little cognitive behavior. That's uh, good. I like shift. that. I, I like yeah. having, a, I also having a ladder out or, or scaffolding oh. of goals where you have your, your easily attainable kind of daily goals, then you've got these other kind of um, mesocycle, if I, if I create right. like a goals that are maybe a few weeks or months or even a year yes. out. And then you've got your more long-term goals. And it, partly it's because you want people to always be striving to achieve, uh, but not, not continually linear. Like you got this goal, great, enjoy it, celebrate it, that's fantastic, but we're not done because you've got these other goals that in your, this is going to be your off season now, allow this week or so to enjoy the, the fruits of your labor, that's awesome, but come next week, we're going to start on this goal here, and you just keep 100%. on leading them down that journey, and before you know it, they don't need you anymore, just like you say, and I find something very satisfying 
with when clients leave the nest, when they feel like they've got it, then you've actually done your job. If they are continually leaning on you, then you are a crutch and you're not a trainer. You know, you, you really, and what I hear you saying is the same thing. I want to be a guide. I want to be a teacher. I want to lead you, but eventually I want to be able to have you let go and lead yourself. And, uh, and it sounds like you've got quite a few things lined up to help people with that, whether it's nutrition or goal setting, the mindset of training and training itself. I mean, you, and, and then all the stuff you have. Let's talk about that. Let's, let's talk about your website because you've got a lot of great content on there. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. You can go on. The first thing you're going to see on Coach Johan, CSCS.com is a calorie calculator, of course. So you go there. You put in your goals and you'll it'll get a nice simple number. After that, you go in and there's a ton of courses. And that is a both a spot for coaches and both and, and a spot for um, trainees. So you can go to courses and just take some courses. How to motivational interview or break down this barrier. And then all the PDFs are on that course page also. And I got some great stories. I put stories on there. So I'll just sit in front of the camera and talk about people that I've met in the gym. And I hope that, and, I, and I've heard it inspires a couple people. So maybe you see yourself in the story that I'm telling, because it is real people that I've trained, you know? That's pretty humble. You've heard it's helped a few people. We know that, that, yeah, okay. That's very humble, but it's helped a hell of a lot of people. And now do you, you have a podcast. Were you doing podcasts through COVID? I was, going up it is kind of flatlined right now but maybe we'll go back up uh it's called heart of a fighter and um we're going to get back after it because we left on a high note so um it's 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 great to sit down and talk about breaking down more barriers and telling stories because i think it's relatable yeah yeah well i've got a couple guests for you to to, when you kick that back up i've got a couple of uh boxers and and fitness trainers that deal with boxing just like yourself. Speaking of that, though, I, we've got a, a very strong Parkinson's society or community over here. And of course, boxing has been noted to help people that do live with Parkinson's because of the nature of, of boxing and what it does to the adrenaline, uh, to the, the uh, excuse me, endocrine system, the, 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 uh, uh, the dopamine receptors and so on. Uh, in the cerebellum and and just giving everybody that feel-good feeling. Do you have clients or in the past, have you worked with Parkinson's patients or, or people living with Parkinson's? I have not worked with Parkinson's, but I had someone close to me who she still does. And do you, have you ever done boxing with her? I'm just curious. No, I've right. heard about that though. Throw her in the ring. Let's see what she's got. That's going to be good. Yeah. All right, so looking off into the future, we're kind of coming up to the end of the podcast here. So uh, we can expect great things from Coach Johan, CSCS.com, and your, your facility. Where The physical location, where is that in San Jose? It's in right in the middle of the city. Uh, it's on the Alameda. If you're in or around San Jose, you've heard of it. Uh, 1020, the Alameda, number A in San Jose. And if you have been through San Jose, you've driven by us. So a lot of exposure now, you know, we're going to have to live up to that exposure. 
Fantastic. And then uh, do you have a newsletter or anything where people can sign up through your website or, or anything of that nature? Yeah. Go to the website. You can subscribe on there. And so uh, when you do, you'll be in contact with me and I'll send them to send you some of those awesome PDFs. Right on. We'll make sure we put all the descriptions down below and just below the timestamps and whatnot. But uh, Johan, this has been great. I really, I love talking to other trainers and just talking shop, but also finding out how people got through the last year and, uh, and overcame the trials and tribulations of, of COVID to persevere and actually, in your case, grow on out the other side so i can only imagine that this this year we'll just see much more of a bumper crop of clients coming your way so looking forward to it looking forward to it right on well uh this has been great i, I can't thank you enough for coming on and uh when when i'm over in san jose and coming down the alameda i i will make a little turn off and and come and visit your studio for sure Look forward to it my friend well, that brings a close to another episode of the Rockfit Files. I want to thank you again this week for following along with us. And thanks to Johan Francis for coming on and being my guest. And remember, if you're in Silicon Valley or moving to the area or just traveling through, you want to get yourself a good workout or more long-term training, give him a call. Look him up for sure at CoachJohanCSCS.com. And be sure to tune in to us next week. And between those times, make sure you subscribe to if you haven't already. Thanks for listening.